Fries is a podcast hosted by Gene Hopkins, Chief Marketing Officer at Lola.com. Gene has built and led marketing teams, authored top-selling marketing materials, and served on advisory boards all around Greater Boston. With Table Fries, Gene sets out to interview every woman working at Lola.com. Gene will talk about motivation, what makes a good day, and we'll connect the dots between guests in a special way. At Table Fries, there's always room to share. So grab small plates and don't forget the dipping sauce. To find all the new and previous episodes of Table Fries, check out your favorite podcast platforms or visit us at lola.com slash tablefries. And don't forget, Gene is building Boston's next great B2B marketing team at lola.com. So be sure to stay updated on new roles at the lola.com careers page. Table Fries, where sharing is caring. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Table Fries. And with me, I have a very special guest, Jackie Glenn. Uh, she was the former chief diversity officer at Dell EMC, uh, originally EMC. And then when it was acquired by Dell, then it became Dell EMC. Yes. Not EMC Dell. No, Dell EMC and now Dell Technologies. Oh, now Dell Technologies. Okay, so that's quite a mouthful, yes. right? But really, most importantly, you're here because you're an author. Yes. And we're going to talk a little bit about your book. Um, yeah. I heard about your book in March at the Mass TLC conference that you keynoted, and you talked about it. You talked about your story, which I thought was fantastic. And you're also going to be a speaker at our Agile Operations Summit on November 6th, and we're so excited that you agreed to do it. Thank I'm you. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I bet you are. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds of people there, and they're all going to be wanting to pick your brain because it's such an important topic. So I have a bunch of questions that sure. I usually ask um, our guests at Table Fries. Feel free to drink, drink your coffee, coffee, your tea, whatever you want to be able to do. Is there a single word that you would use to describe yourself? Authentic. Authentic. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. So what makes you authentic? I think it's easy to be authentic. You don't have to remember what you said, how you <laughs> said it, how to nice it up, how to make it sound politically correct. Authentic to me is what you see is what you get. So if you catch me at 5 a.m. in the morning, mm -hmm. you're going to get this Jackie, a little ruffled, but okay. <laughs> And if you get me at midnight, you'll get the same Jackie. And okay. if you get me at midday. So authentic is I just bring who I am to the table. It might not be nicely and neatly packaged, but yeah. this is me. That's, that's funny. Um, mm -hmm. I, I like the word authentic. I've been told that I'm a little too direct. I, I know it was my <laughs> little anniversary here on Monday <laughs> or Tuesday, one year with the company. And my boss, Mike Volpe, had said something like, we like like Jean for her fast pace and her direct communication. I don't think it, yeah, not everybody likes the direct right, communication right. so much, but you know, thanks Mike. <laughs> I've been told a lot of times that I was direct, but if I had to choose the latter, the opposite, right, I right. would still want to be direct because right. I think people appreciate direct. I've learned over the years that you can package or right. direct you because um, not a sure. lot of people can take us, mm. you know, as direct people. So I people reader and I'm Good. also self-aware. And so Good. I package our direct. I'm going to come to certain people because not everyone can take me in my glory. And, <laughs> well, I admire that because I, I admire the way that you worded the packaging of it. Mm -hmm. And then so sometimes it's kind of mitigating or just kind of dialing down right, a little bit right, and, right. and trying to be a little bit more in the moment and the self-awareness right. of it. I've oftentimes said when people have interviewed me for jobs as um, like a CEO and, and they'll say, well, what kind of a person you are? And I'll say, well, if you give me a goal, I'm going to shoot for it. But be careful what you ask for, 
I've had feedback that said you were right, you know, right. that you right. are like you'll always go full bore for whatever that you want to do. Right. But in some instances, so as a chief of a diversity officer for a very, very large company, how did you lead? I mean, how because you're a leader and, and how yeah. was it in terms of leading and being able to provide that that authenticity throughout the organization? I think if I, um, Jean, if I had to think of a certain word to describe my leadership would be servant leadership. And I speak to it in the book. I um, always say that, you know, I would like to think of myself that I'm not beneath any job on the team. Mm -hmm. And so the way I lead, I lead by example. And I'm not perfect. And so, (laughs) um, and I don't think anybody is. And so I also like a collaborative leadership style. Mm-hmm. So I, you, if you ask anyone who worked for me, you will come into my office and there will be a couple of us in there on my team. We'll be at a whiteboard and we'll be brainstorming and the generation will be a mix. So you will have millennial, Gen Y, Gen Z, yeah. Gen X, <laughs> boomer, traditionalists, and right. we're all going at it at the board. And I know that difference breed innovation because I'm in the technology business. Sure. And so I, that's the way I lead. I lead collaboratively. I lead in servant leadership. I'm not above anything. And I'm also a truth teller when, you know, lead. Yeah. so people need to be told the truth. And sometimes it's not really comfortable. Yeah. You still have to <laughs> yeah. deliver the news. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just talked to a few HR leaders as one of the big healthcare organization yesterday. Uh-huh. And I told them one of the things that I loved because my background is HR. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I believe people appreciate and I love is honesty. Uh-huh. They'll say they want it and uh-huh. I, I think they do appreciate it. But when you give it, you have to be very thoughtful about how you deliver it. Yeah. And as a manager, I'm always evolving uh-huh. how I deliver it, how I give feedback. What does the feedback look like? Who mm-hmm. do I give the feedback to? But I always give feedback. And so that's the way I manage. It's a long-winded way of saying, I'm just an all-inclusive man. <laughs> You're all in one. Yes. Okay. But I love the feedback concept. Let's talk a little bit of, uh, so we said you're authentic. And you've written a book, and Stacy here has the book. You signed it for it. Uh, Lift As I Climb, which is absolutely, uh, it's a story of your immigrant background mm-hmm. and, and how you came from point A to point B to C to D. Right. I heard you talk about it. Um, we're going to make these books available for our guests at uh, our Agile Ops Summit. But what was the last book you read besides reading the galleys for this particular book? You know, the last, the book that I'm reading right now is called Green Print. Green Print. And I'm hoping I'm saying it right, but it's really about how do you slowly evolve into a vegan. Oh, okay. You want to be a vegan? Um, Not necessarily. But you know what? I'm always looking at how do I... I have a milestone birthday in December. Okay, okay. And so I'm always looking at how do I reinvent myself from a health uh, my mom died of cancer about 20 years ago and my sister died of cancer and uh, my nephew was diagnosed so I'm always looking to see how do I enhance my health you know I'm one of these people that I don't go over the the pendulum swing sure sure I call myself a flexitarian and so I can flex (laughs) into vegetarian or veganism vegans and so I'm reading that book. That's the book I'm reading now. Okay. And so I can't even remember the author, but it's called Green Print. Okay. And of course, I read the Bible every single day. Do you? The Bible on tape. So it's on um, my phone. and Audible, I, like an my Audible? My Audible Bible yeah. every day. I think it sort of centers me and 
okay. make me not think I am more than I am. Really? So. What's your favorite passage? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a great mm -hmm. quote. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, when will you go home at the end of the day? How do you know that you've had a good day? What does a good day look like to you at the end? I know you work from home and not that far from here, right. but you're out, uh, you're out and about, and you're yeah. talking to some how of your clients. And how, what does a good day look to you look like to you at the end of a day? A good day to me is when I feel like I've impacted the next generation. Oh, and nice. I, I'll say a little bit more to that. So yesterday I did a workshop. Uh -huh. And as I was leaving the workshop and standing at the train station, and yes, for anyone who know me, he said, what are you on the train? <laughs> it's the best way to get around town because I worked in Opkinton for 20 years. Oh, yeah. So, you know, now and I'm you downtown. You only had to drive. Bus. Yes. Yeah. And um, one of the ladies that was in my class came to me, and she's clearly a millennial, and I've got two daughters that are, and she said, oh, my God. You were amazing. And that, when I get that from a millennium or my daughter tell me my sneakers is lit, L-I-T, then I know I've had a good day. I want to impress my friends that are boomers like myself. But when I get a compliment from the next generation, sure. it really goes a long way. And I know one of the saying in my book is, is if I can help somebody, mm -hmm. it's by Mahalia Jackson as I pass through this life, and I'm sort of paraphrasing, sure. then my living is not in vain. And so I want to impact the next generation. The Kathleen and the yes, Dezes, right? I want to make sure. So that's what my day <laughs> right. When I do that and I get something from someone like Kathleen, I know yeah. that I've had a great day. Not a good day, but a great day. Oh, that's, I, I really like that. That's that's something I'd like to uh, take. Um, this is a question that our friend Stacy, um, she was my very first guest on Table Fries. Oh. Yes, and you are my 16th guest oh. on Table Fries. So Stacy, I asked each of my guests, like what kind of a question would you want to ask future people that are guests on the, the show? And so Stacy said, what is the one, or ask the question, what is the one piece of advice you would give to your 18-year-old self? Don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> when I look back at how much time I wasted <laughs> worrying about oh, if I'm fat or if I'm tall enough or is my pants too tight or oh are they gonna like my hair and braid it's just go with it I mean I, I say that to my daughters yeah. now my youngest is 28 and I said Alicia nobody's gonna remember that right Ever. you know and I I wish someone had said that to me well, I would you have listened? Rude. Would you have listened? Uh, probably I mean, not. Okay. Probably not. Um, I'm sure I your think, mom yeah, told you that yeah, at the time, right? Yes. <laughs> she yeah, said, don't sweat it. Don't sweat the small stuff. And, and, and you know what I would also tell my youngest well, It always work out. Yeah. And so whenever I am going through either a change that's difficult, mm -hmm. even just leaving my job after 18 years, after the merger. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to center myself. Oh, absolutely. And I always project out and said, next year, this time, it's going to be, it's going to feel so different. Right. It's going to be, you know, it, this too shall pass. Right, right, right. To quote the Bible. It, yes. it, it will pass. And yeah. so I always tell, I would love to tell my younger self, and I tell it to my daughter, my my oldest daughter, who's an attorney, just moved to Charlotte, North Carolina last week, and she's just having a rough time adjusting. And I said to her, a couple months from now, it'll be like 
You know, yeah. it, it things things always it. work out. Right. It always right. does. Right. Maybe not how you envision it, but right. it works out. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to make those kind of changes, a physical change like that. One of the team members that's on Stacy's team, Ashley, she she likes to ask the question of what was your worst job and why? And we talked about this earlier that it usually involves food service. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have yeah. any food service stories yeah, or if you have a bad gonna job. This is going to be interesting, but I come from a family of chefs and cook. My mom was a cook in Jamaica. We mm -hmm. call him a cook at Chef here. She worked for Children's Hospital and cooked. My mother was an amazing cook. And so a, a food job would never be my worst job. I love to cook. When I traveled the world and I get home, no matter if I was an, on a 19-hour flight from India, I would come home and cook because it relaxes me. Ah. I, You know, I'm trying to think what was my worst job. And this is going to sound really terrible, but I can't think of one, which okay, is that's... really weird because I came to this country as a nanny, and I don't want to give away the book because the book is Let <laughs> It's I not find. a mystery. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> uh, Immigrant Girl's Journey Through Corporate yep. America, and it talks about my rise from nanny to CDO. Yep. Um, and even as a nanny, I love the kids, right. so it wasn't a bad. And then I came to Boston. I worked in a hospital as a unit clerk and a medical transcriptionist. Then I went back to school, and I was a recruiter, and I was an HR business partner, and then I was an HR director, and I moved up a CDO, a vice yes. president. So I didn't have a job that... You that, know, that's part, the best answer yeah, ever. Yeah, Jackie. part of my <laughs> job in HR that I didn't like yeah, yeah. was terminating people because oh. I really had to do it. That was part of the job I didn't like, and I really had to like psych myself up to tell someone that they no longer will be working at the company. Right. That was the hardest. But I liked the job. I just didn't like that part of it. Yeah, nobody really likes yeah, that part. So. It's, it's sleepless nights. Yeah. And are you making the right decision? Right, Is this right. best for the team and all yeah. that? Um, well, that was a good answer. Thank you. Um, so one of the things that we ask, too, because we're a travel management company for business, mm -hmm. but what was your most interesting experience when you traveled, maybe for business or personal? What Do you have, like, one that really stands out in your mind? I, we travel so everywhere. Have, yeah, and I have two, but I'll tell okay. you, the, the one that really, um, you know how this old notion being in diversity, inclusion, and equity space is people have this thing in their mind about other people in other countries and I've traveled the world and one that um, left a lasting impression too but I'll start with the business one was going to Israel oh and I, I, I went there to do a woman's conference and I was so stunned of I don't even know what I was expecting but it was beautiful the food was delicious mm -hmm. I stayed at a hotel on the beach and and the part that I really loved was they asked me to speak at a university and I'm gonna sort of mess the name up but I think it was the Bersheva University mm -hmm. and it was outside of Tel Aviv about an hour and a half outside wow. and just visiting the university and talking to the deans and the the professors, mm -hmm. it left a lasting impression. And that impression was you never judge and preconceive of what a place is going to be until you, you get there. And, you know, just visiting the Dead Sea and going to different Things that you've heard there, about. But you've it, never been there. And right, people, right. it was just, a, it was a life-changing trip for me on many fronts. Yeah. So that was the business piece. Okay. The um, personal piece, which ended up turning into business, is South Africa. Oh, really? My husband turned 60 and his sister turned 50. Okay. And so we did like a whole family thing where she and her husband, me and 
my husband Windsor and her sister, her brother and his wife, six of us went there and we started in Cape Town and I've never been to um, South Africa before. And I would encourage people to go there. I was stunned at how beautiful it Uh was, the lushness of the Uh place. And I learned a lot and I ended up insisting that we go to, they call it the township now in South Africa, but it was once called the shantytown. And every time I think about it, I get a little choked up because we, it wasn't on our tour guide list, but we made him take us there. And it really centers you of how privileged we are in America and how much we have. And one of the young men that gave us the tour took us to his house. It was one room. Eight people live there. It was clean as ever. Right. And I was, I I think I had like four suitcases when I went there. I came home with one duffel bag because what it, it, we just gave away. We have way too much in America. And we, 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 I was so convicted and these people lived there. They were happy. Mm -hmm. The kids were happy and they didn't have a lot. Right. And it really taught me a lesson. I, I left there so changed. And I remember there was this little um, baby. He kept running and hanging on to my husband. <laughs> my husband is six four, So he kept running and hanging on to our legs. So I reach into my purse and pull out some money to give to him. And it was a $100 bill. And maybe if I had looked, I probably wouldn't have given him a 100 But I yeah. wanted to give him something. So I gave it to him. And he ran and looked at it and gave it to his mom and came back, you know, secured the money. And then right. yeah, he secured and, the money. <laughs> um, the guide said to me, that's like a year's salary for them. And I was just so taken aback. I loved it. I drank a lot of wine because people <laughs> don't know there is great vineyards in yeah, I've heard um, that. Yeah. South Africa. And just, I would go back there tomorrow. Okay. It was just life changing on all fronts. Well, those are two places. One of our our chief technology officer, Dennis, uh, he went to Jordan and Israel around, what was around the the holy days in April, right? Right around Mm -hmm. there. And he had these pictures. And when he was there... They, um, there were some bombs mm-hmm. that were coming through, missiles that were coming through, and he, he was putting messages in Slack because we were all kind of worried about him. Right. And, and but most of the people in Israel just kind of take it for granted, right? right? They just go about. He their and business. his wife were like panic stricken, and it was just like you can't let it. Right. Let let it really bother you too right. much. But he said it was for him absolutely beautiful, and he saw a lot of wonderful things. So, all right. Do you have a pet? Other than your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pet. Her name was, we had a um, the purebred chocolate lab. Her name oh, was Myla. Myla. And um, we had to put her down about a couple of years ago. Oh. And for anyone who is um, a pet mm-hmm. owner, it's a lot, you yeah. know, to do that. And I grew up in Jamaica, so our pets wasn't in the bed or in the right, house with right, us. Right. They were like outside. Right. On the islands. And yeah. so having a pet and... It, here and doing it differently when she we, we had to put her down it was everybody was sad and mm. I didn't get another one because my life is too crazy and yeah. when you get a pet it's like a child it is and it's just my husband and I now so Mila was my pet and yeah yeah I'll just hold our memory near and there but yeah, yeah. that's good <laughs> to have that kind of love what is your favorite you did give us your favorite quote so I'm not going to ask that question who do you most admire my mom. Oh, that's nice. My mom. My mom had, um, my mom is deceased. She died um, two months after, a month after the September 11 incident because oh she died from stomach cancer. And 
I admire my mom on every front because she's my mom, but she had 11 children. Oh my Lord. I'm the middle one. and Exactly in the middle. <laughs> yeah, and I always say none of us went to jail or ever. She never had to worry. Arrest. Yeah, and she, um, for the most part, was a single mom, you know, like my yeah. And we all turned out great, you uh -huh. know. We all got great education. And I always say to people, if you read the front of my book, you will cry because I dedicate the book to my mom. Nice. and. She was just a rock star, even before <laughs> rock star, you know, was a big deal. And um, I admire her for her tenacity. I always say, you know, people think of immigrants that were from our country and were there not eating and suffering and living in squalls. But I never went to bed hungry. Mm -hmm. I was taught properly. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I always hear my mom's voice conduct herself like a lady. My mom was the, a proper you know, we were mm -hmm. under the English colony, so she was very prim yep. and proper, and that's the way she raised us. And when I look back, I only have two daughters and a son, so I have three. I cannot believe my mom did what she did with 11 of us. Right, right. I mean, she is just the quintessential. She should get, like... Yeah, sainthood. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so, I, you know, there's a lot of people that I out there that I admire, too, sure. you know, but... I can't put anybody before my mom for a merit of reason because now that I myself am a mom and a right. grandmom, I just I just have so much respect and love for her. And even though she didn't have a higher ed education, I would always call her for advice. And while her advice wasn't business advice, it was really advice that I could take and implement. Practical. That would get me through whatever I was yeah. going through in the corporate world. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So your book is a lot about how you came to the United States. Mm -hmm. Well, not a lot. It's the whole thing mm -hmm. about how you came to the United States as a nanny and how you, you grew through your career. Are there any like pivotal points that you would say? Because you went from a nanny to working in a healthcare organization and you grew through that organization, etc. So I've heard some of the story and yeah. I don't want to give away the book so people have got to read the book but is there like a pivot in there at some point that was like the the, the one thing that made a difference to you as you grew in your career um it's it's really owning your power and be um being authentic whatever you know about yourself that you don't like uh -huh. owning it because i think that was a pivotal point as i speak to in the book when I took on a role where I had to be front facing the public and mm. I didn't like my accent. Oh, yes. I really had to get to a point where I loved my accent. Yes. And I had to tell myself I love my accent. Mm. I love it now, though, for real. <laughs> um, but I really had to tell myself that. And that was a moment where I talk about in the book where you use whatever you I won't say don't like that. Whatever you're a little insecure, uh -huh. anything about you that you're insecure, you use it as a, a brand differentiator. Right. And you guys are in marketing, so you know what I mean when yeah, I say yeah. brand differentiator. And I'll go on to say a little bit more, Jean. I remember as I was traveling abroad, people would remember me, not by my name. They would say, oh, it's a tall black woman with the accent. <laughs> and I wasn't offended because that's yeah. who I am. Right, right. And so I remember someone saying to me, I had a coach, and she said to me, Jackie, when you take the stage, no ma matter where you are, say who you are. Right. So good morning. My name is Jackie Glenn, and I hail from the sunny island of Jamaica. And if I'm in Ireland, if I'm in Istanbul, right. if I am in... I, 
Bangalore, that's how I introduce myself. Right. And so what it does, it cleans up whoever is saying, okay, she has an accent. I'm not quite sure where that is from. Um, and it gives me that confidence right. to say, okay, this is who I am in all my glory. Right. Yeah. I love that. that so that's... that was a turning point, loving who I am, right. taking all of me, and um, this is who I am. And really, you, you sort of kind of learn to sort of roll with the punches with right. whatever you're blessed with. Right. I know Stacy and I had a conversation this morning, and we were talking about a meeting that we had yesterday with the executive team, and it was a really good meeting, and it was it was good because we were challenging one another, mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about how we were. It was good because Stacy did a great job of leading vulnerability around the table and right. getting everybody to kind of expose themselves. What was the scariest costume you ever wore for Halloween? And then and then there was another question about like, what are you most concerned about or afraid? of right. as we're going and so it was like for me it was like not having enough time not having enough time to be able to think to be able to process all the information all the different inputs and everybody had like something right. everybody was a little bit different but having that being able to own that mm -hmm. and and being able to talk about things mm -hmm. like that to one another is I think what makes the team at Lola very different I want to thank you very much, Jackie, for being on today's show. I can't wait for everybody to be able to read your book and be able to have the book on, on available to our guests at the Agile Operations Summit. And it's just been a real pleasure. It's the been ple awesome. Thank you, Jackie. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> this was wonderful. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Fries with host Gene Hopkins from Lola.com on the Funnel Radio Network. Be sure to subscribe on TableFries.com. Table Fries is brought to you by Lola.com. Super simple corporate travel software from the travel innovators who brought you Kayak. Whether you want better visibility into travel spend, help managing your corporate travel program, or 24-7 human-powered support while you're on the road, Lola.com is the perfect solution. Lola.com, a better way to travel for business.